welcome, 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 welcome to the RIP 28 podcast. This is the RIP 28 podcast. It's a podcast where a few friends can get together and we can talk about a few things. Now, some of those things you might like, some of those things you might not like, but we're going to keep on talking about them on the RIP 28 podcast. I'm joined, I am joined by a few of my friends, by a few of my friends starting off in the top left. I got my homeboy, C. Nez. What's going on, C. Nez? Nez in the building once again. Let's get it going. Ready to chop it up with the fellas. Down in the bottom, the original G5 monster. What's going on, G5? Ain't nothing, ain't nothing, man. Sipping on this gin, you heard me? Sipping on a little bit of that gym down there. We got you, we got you. What up, Coach? Coach Benny, what you doing down there, bro? Man, I'm chilling, man. You know, I'm back at it, sitting on the back, back porch on my little Martell, ready to talk some trash. I hear you, I hear you. And then we got the doctor, the doctor over there with his blue blockers on. What's going on? What's hey, going what on, up, doctor? What up, what up, what up? Hey, good weekend. Ready to get it, get it going with my fellas and just have a little discussion. Have a little discussion, man. It is a lot going on out in the world today, man. A lot going on. Some of the stuff heavy, some of it not too heavy. But man, what what I want to do, man, what we don't usually get into a lot, we don't get into our our review section, man. You know, we're a bunch of guys with a whole lot of good opinions on things, but now we need to give some reviews on, on what's going on, some of the entertainment out there, man. And, and the big release, the big release these past couple of weeks, we missed out on it last week, but we're going to talk about it this week, is Coming to America too. Coming to America too. We waited 30 years for Eddie, Arsenio, uh, you know, for the, the whole crew to come back, man. What it, it's it's gotten mixed reviews on the internet, on this worldwide web, man. It's gotten some mixed reviews, man. What what you brothers think about seeing that, man? What you think about coming to America? I thought it was a great movie, man. I don't know what everybody hating for. I, I'm I'm thinking they they thinking it was supposed to be just like the other one, but. I mean, that one was rated R. This one was rated PG, if, I, if I'm correct. I mean, ain't but so much you can do there, you know what I mean? But I thought it was, I thought it was good. It had a bunch of funny moments and you know, some surprises and then a bunch of cameos and all the people, you know, coming back to the show that was on there, you know, still looking good and everything, man. I thought it was great, my opinion. Well, what about you seeing the Dre? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. I checked it out, man. Well, it's too bad of a movie. I mean, you know, it had a funny part, you know, when the daddy, I'm about to die. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I was out of the little corner part there, man. I mean, it was, it was a pretty decent movie. I mean, I like the little, like little storyline, you know, how basically the son, you know, not following this, following the footsteps of the daddy. You know what I'm saying? A little, little missing in the whole thing. And then, uh, of course, it had the end with the, uh, Women's empowerment, man. I ain't talking about it. <laughs> you own it. You, you own that one, bro. We're going to get on that one with your women's empowerment a little bit later on, man. Uh, uh, Benny, you seen it, Tom? Yeah, man. You know, I'm, I'm pretty much like the rest of the fellas. I, I enjoyed it, man. Tell you the truth, I enjoyed it. But it, I think everybody, like you say, 30 years, 30 years, they thinking if Jordan came back, you think Jordan gonna be as bad as, bad as he was thirty years ago? <laughs> but it's still Jordan, though. You still gonna watch? My my thing is, man. I would ask Juwan, but we know Juwan's super light skinned and this is an African movie, so we know Juwan ain't had. <laughs> Look, I, I ain't been to the movie since COVID, so <laughs> it, it seems, you ain't gotta go to the movie. You ain't gotta oh, you go know? To okay, see, I know. That was our pride. Look, I already knew he he was light skinned. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you'd come nowhere close to watching the movie. Man. Damn, Milano. <laughs> movie with movie with two dog, two dogs for Juwan. It had too many dog skin people. I think I think it had. A, I think the show it was pretty good, man. Honestly, yeah, man. You know, I I thought it was decent, man. I thought yeah. it was decent. The problem is that coming to America set the bar up right. so high. The bar, you know, is coming to America. You know, usually you, you ask any black person you run into coming to America. It's probably the funniest movie. It's in their top five movies, you know, and, and it has so many, so many points, so many lines that you have memorized. <clears throat> you, know, you go walk around some black people and you start to say, she's you, and everybody else will jump in. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, right. Everybody jump in the same witch. But it's like, you know, you were looking for, and, and here go the thing, maybe coming to America too 
maybe two years from now, after we done watched it a couple of times, it'll still have them funny points, kind of like coming to America one. Because right, be, be. Huh? hey, but um, since we all in agreement except for Juwan, because he ain't seen it yet, what? Why do y'all think people acting like they didn't like it? Why they? Why they was hating on it so bad? Because, like I said, I thought it was good. What? What? What you think their reasoning is because of that? The hopes were too high. Huh? The hopes were too high. Like- yeah, yeah. I think I think the bar the bar was set just too high. The bar the bar was set too high. You was expecting too much out of the movie. And sometimes you got to take it for what it's worth. I guess. I guess. I mean, I'm a. I mean, it was back in the what, 86, 88 when that thing came out? 88, 89. I mean, it was was good. I mean, it was funny. But I mean, this one to me was just as funny. I I don't understand why, what expectations they was trying to have. I mean, I feel like, I feel like just straight up like people. You gotta look. Most of these movies, when they got all of these actors in there, it don't really be that funny because it's too many. It's too many of them. It's too many actors. Too many personalities. So you know what I'm saying? They ain't gonna be but so much. So I don't know. I, I, I saw it. You know, I didn't think it would be that funny. You know what? I don't, I, don't, I don't like that though, man. You know, I think you see all these white folk get together and they do all these ensemble cast movies and they have these big name stars and. Like, you know, Adam Sandler good for bringing in a lot of these comedians and they all together. <laughs> but you know, I love to see see black folk get together and make like top five. People gave top, you remember top five with Chris Rock? Mm-hmm. Right. People gave that movie movie hell, but I thought that movie was fun. Mm-hmm. I thought that shit was hilarious. Hey man, they need remake Hollywood Shuffle. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I, I don't know if I want to see a remake though. I, I want to see some, something. A new, a new age. Yeah, because you know, the remake, It'll be constantly compared to the old one. Right. And that's something about this coming to America. I look back at I, I watched my I watched it with my son. Now my son, I ain't let him watch Coming to America one. Um, well, I don't know if I ain't let him watch it, but he just he just ain't never he ain't never seen Coming to America one. But he watched Coming to America two, and he was telling me it was the funniest thing he ever saw. He twelve, you know. He telling me it was hilarious, you know. So. I don't know. Maybe I think if you got fresh eyes on it and you ain't seen Coming to America One or Coming to America One didn't have such a such a deep spot in your heart, I think your ratings for it probably was a little bit higher. I thought you, you might have thought it was a little bit funnier if you hadn't seen part one. So, possibility. Yeah, possibility, man. Possibility. But I, I do like the fact though they got all these uh, top-notch actors, all these top black comedians. They got them all together. Oh, Wesley Snipes come, making a comeback, baby. <laughs> Eddie been hooking him up. He was in that hey. Dolomite. Now he in this one. But you know who they got? They got to um, give thanks to Tyler Perry, though, and Rick Ross. Man, they what shot it down there. Yeah, mm-hmm. that, that's Rick Ross. Um, ATL. Mansion. Yep. You know, that, that's, that's a Holyfield. Yeah, Holyfield old man. Oh, yeah, yeah, Holyfield old man. <laughs> oh, I'm, right. I'm talking about the owner now. Right, the current owner. <laughs> It's, it's forever gonna be holy. For the people in South Atlanta, it's gonna forever be holy. Holy fair. You seen Holy Fair House? You got Mike Tyson old house. Yeah, that's Mike House. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, man, I don't know if those Tyler Perry, his Tyler Perry, they shot it on on his uh studio lot. Yeah. Yeah, and Tyler Perry, I I, I got lucky enough, man. Our homeboy, he, he interviewed Tyler Perry. And he he invited me there when he interviewed him, so I got to go on the Tyler, on that lot and kind of take a a little tour of the lot with Tyler Perry. They were riding around on the golf course, course. Oh, yeah. and I got to see the lot. Man, that thing is amazing, bro. I ain't, I ain't gonna lie, it's it's fucking amazing. But I would tell you how Tyler Perry is a, is a motherfucking G. He, he don't get he don't get the credit he reserved for being for being the king of petty, but um. Each of these sound studios, you know, they had these real big uh, sound stages, you know, these real big buildings where they film a lot of the stuff in. Well, the sound stages are named after famous black people. They named after famous black people, whatever. Now they got the Denzel Washington stage, the Oprah Winfrey stage, Hollywood, you know, all of that, all of that. Now, y'all know the history with Tyler Perry and Spike Lee. Spike Lee, every chance he get, it seemed like he can take a shot. He took a shot at Tyler Perry. He said some slick shit about him behind his back or whatever. 
but but Tyler Perry actually named one of those sound stages after Spike Lee for the contribution because you can't deny Spike Lee contribution to black film. Oh yeah. Tyler, Tyler could have been an asshole. He could have been like, man, fuck that. I ain't naming no sound stage after you. You know, after all the shit you talked about me. But here go the funny thing, what he did, what I found funny was each one of those sound stages, like sound stage one is Denzel Washington, sound stage two, Oprah Winfrey, you know, stuff like everybody got their own sound stage. Spike Lee got the smallest one and he shared it with somebody else. So, Hey, he, he, he the shortest dude out there, so hey. <laughs> he, don't need he ran, much ran out of space. Ran out of space. He don't need much room. <laughs> so I, I thought I thought that was funny though, you know. But but I but yeah, but they they filmed that on Tyler Perry lots, man, and I and and that's big shout out, man. Cause I love I love to see my people working together. You know, they could have went, they could have filmed that thing anywhere else. They could have went, they could have filmed that thing anywhere else and did anything else, but. Here's something about Eddie Murphy, and I want y'all to think about this about Eddie Murphy. He don't get the credit that he deserves for being pro-black. If you go and look at all the Eddie Murphy movies and all the stuff that was his stuff that he was in charge of, go and look at the amount of black people he used in all his movies. Look at Harlem Knights. Harlem mm -hmm. Knights, all black. Coming to America, basically all black. Um, all the movies he did, Nutty Professor. Life. Life. You know <laughs> well, what I'm saying? Well, he was 12 out of 15 people on the cast. Well, yeah. That, 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 <laughs> that do help, too. That, that so they're going to be all black, and they all him. That's <laughs> <laughs> fire. Hey, hey, your percentage uh, went down, Sly. Right. <laughs> Hey man, stop talking about my guy Eddie, man. I'm just saying, <laughs> random. Eddie, all right, man. And then, you know, the same, and then man. you know your boy Martin pick up after him doing the same thing. Yeah. Jackson right, Heights on, right? right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do. I do appreciate him, man. He, he do his thing, you know. Oh, Charlie Murphy, rest in peace. You know, he was he was starting to come alive a little bit in in the mainstream, and you know he wasn't holding back nothing. He he was straight, straight hood as could be. Oh, yeah, he was in the room. When when trying to uh, should go to uh, or trying to act a different way, you know, to get his. So. You know, you know, it's funny you talk about trying to sugarcoat and act a different way and be one way and be one way or another. That kind of leads to the next thing that's going on is your boy Kurt Frank Kurt Franklin in the news, man. He, he in the news, his son recorded a phone call. Uh, recorded a phone call and and apparently uh, Kirk Franklin called him a bitch ass nigga and the son cussed him out a little bit too and the son recorded the phone call and and my my thing is it's like you know Kirk Franklin is your gospel singer you know you preach I don't I don't know if you're preaching but I know you're a gospel singer famous gospel singer you know a Christian man but he up here cussing out his own son he called his son and now he go, he go the first thing. He called his son a bitch-ass nigga. But then his son leaked the recorded audio of him calling him a bitch-ass nigga for the whole world of him. But ain't that the definition of a bitch-ass nigga? <laughs> you know, that that's something a bitch-ass nigga do. But, but, but it's like, like how y'all feel, though, man? Kirk Franklin's supposed to be this real Christian dude. But yet he on tape cussing his son out. How y'all feel about that? Uh, well, the, the the question is, what's the definition of a real Christian dude, right? It, yeah, I don't know, right? So <laughs> everybody <laughs> on this world is, is nobody's perfect, and so uh, he just gave his son the business, and his son rightfully, like you just said, he rightfully deserved it because that's who he is. his son, thirty three years old, so it ain't so it ain't not like he no little teenager no shit. Oh he yeah, he definitely fulfilled the, the statement. Man, I've, I've been I've been knowing, I've been knowing all y'all guys since elementary or uh, since elementary or middle school, man. We've been cussing since elementary school, so that Christian or not, that's hard. That's hard to give up. <laughs> I mean, I mean, if you we all know cuss words come out. We from the south. We know how it is. Everybody, you know what I'm saying, put up that 
holier than thou while they in church and then boy, catch them at the crib. Good shit. Lord, catch them in the parking lot of church. Like what you talking about? Right. Right. Exactly. You see that bitch while she walks. <laughs> 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 da, 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 da. This right. bitch came with his ex-wife. Blah, blah, blah. You know, I mean, it's just, yeah. I mean, they go in, so I'll be all right. I mean, it ain't nothing to me. Well, I ain't, like a regular dude. I ain't got social media, so I ain't seen it. So, but Sound like that was a private conversation that shouldn't have got public, man. I yeah. thought it applied when you was doing it. You know. <laughs> <laughs> You know, Clyde tweeted out, Clyde tweeted out, that wasn't Kurt, that was really me. <laughs> <laughs> he tried to help him out. Clyde tried to shoot him a little bell, man. Right. Kurt, Kurt Franklin ready to stomp his sound. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but at the end of the day, it's his fault. His son grew up to be a jazz nigga. Yeah, that is one way to <laughs> You ain't taking money on weed, make him no better. Hey, I'll tell you this though. Parent, parenthood is, is is something else, man. You know, you think you did all the right things and your son or daughter still be crazy as hell. So well preach. It ain't, it, ain't, <laughs> it, ain't, it ain't that you're a bad parent. It's just that, you know, everybody got their own way. If you listen, if you read the Bible, you know, everything predetermined anyway. Hey, hey, hey dog, so, I called my mom and daddy up there and said, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Hey, I called him last week to him, I'm sorry for you. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, I'm sorry. This, this little dude. Uh, anyway, off of him. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, hey, bro, I already know what you're going through, but I, yes, sir. I'm telling you, man, your, kid, your kids take you on highs and lows, man. They take you on mountains and valleys, man, because I look at my son and I say, man, one day I look at him, I'm like, man, I got the smartest, coolest, best <laughs> Best little boy in the whole world. And then I look at him, I say, God damn, you a dumb little motherfucker. <laughs> God, you take after your mama. This, this ain't my That's that denial. Take, take too much after you. That's why y'all. I always say, you got after your mama. Then she say, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> be quick to say, you your mama child, man. I ain't never been this. But but it, it, it's just, I don't know, man. It, it's funny, man. We sit back and we look at it. We're all 40-year-old men. You know, we look at this. And, and, and just last week, like Chance was saying, man, we, we've known each other since we was uh, since we was elementary school, middle school. And it's funny, now we've grown. And now you got to reach out to people. I remember calling, calling Tom last year. I had a little issue with my son. And I say, well, Tom, you know, your kid in middle school, you know, how you handle that is that, how you handled your situation with your son. And, and I look back and I laugh. I'm like, man, just last week, man, we were talking about cutting school. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> we up here grown ass men trying to have conversations about how to raise kids, man. They, they, when we grew up. They make, they make you grow up. They they make down hill at 25, dog. Yeah. <laughs> Motherfucker, make you grow up. So, but it, it, it's interesting to see how you deal, how we learn to deal with some of these things, man, that, that, that's parenting. Hey, to say say all that, so that's why we don't blame Kirk for what he did. Nah, okay. <laughs> I don't blame Kirk at all. I don't blame him at all, yeah. Hey, man. They'll take you there sometime. Yeah. yeah. And the dude, the dude 33 years yeah, old. Yeah, he's a grown man, so he, grown he, man. he deserves you gotta, it. Got to call a spade a spade, man. It's just, just what it is. I might go and buy a Kirk CD just because. <laughs> even break. that, him taping that and knowing his father' publicity and you know and putting that online and that's just grimy, man. I don't even know. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's that's hey. your blood doing that, right? You hey, must man. not trust other people, right? That, to to do stuff, but that's your own blood doing. We that. already know, hey. you know, your family do you the worst. Hey, Sly, Sly recording this conversation right now. <laughs> Sly, <laughs> Sly, I'll never forget. First fight I ever got in, I got there, ran home, got there, got in the house, slammed it over high. Boom, I ran home because I got away from the fight. My mama said, boy, what the hell, bro? What you gonna say? They was trying to fight. My, boy, my mama said, Boy, I'm gonna go put some shoes on. Your ass will go around there and fight them goddamn. <laughs> she put me back in the car, drove back around the corner. Luckily, the boys went in the house. 
I swear to God, my mom was gonna make me scrap that day, boy. She wasn't gonna let me be no bitch ass nigga. Hey, that, that's the difference. That's the difference between then and now. I pay oh, yeah. do stuff like that. You know, we can't do that now. Oh no. We go to jail, they be in juvie. <laughs> right. All that kind of stuff, man. You know, it's just, the child for the rest of their life. Can't do yep. it, man. Yep. It, Times ain't changed. You handcuffed, and it's just like, all right, I just gotta hope for the best, you know. I can't do them like I want to do them. You got to try to put them in the best situation. Uh-huh. <laughs> when, when they do fuck up, much. it ain't as bad. Right. It, it, you know, it, it's funny you talk about now compared to compared to past times, man. I, I would never forget, man. I was I was about 20, 22, 23, something like that. I had uh, went to a Benedict game. Went to a Benedict football game. And uh, and, and you know I, I was you know I was drunk as shit. I was probably drunk than a motherfucker. You know I was I was if I wasn't drunk I was I was right there close to it. But I ran into one of my daddy uh one of my daddy older one of my daddy friends his childhood friend guy you know a guy called Uncle you know and and he was about drunk too. But he saw me drunk, so he tightened up quick. And he's like, "Boy, what you doing out here? Pull that out your hand." And now I'm 23. I'm legal to drink now. I'm legal. Right, to drink. right. But but he saw me. He's like, boy, pull that out your hand. You don't need to be having that out here looking drunk in public. And I'm thinking to myself, that motherfucker drunk in public. <laughs> but I wasn't enough to say. <laughs> right, right. This motherfucker drunk in public, man. It, but it's just it's just different, man. The way you the way you can raise your kids now, man. It ain't that village no more. It ain't. Yeah. You know, you can't correct somebody else's kids. You try correcting somebody else's kids, you're going to have some problems. And you're right. You're right. You know, that, that his mama really called that dude, uh, your uncle. One of them uncles used to slide through the house. <laughs> Damn, Jay. <laughs> Hey, hey, I'm just playing, man. Hey, slide. Hey, hey, that's like that was a bitch ass nigga move. That's exactly what that was. Y'all know I'm just playing, man. I'm messing. I had to make a little joke. Don't worry, you gonna get the email from my mama. She listened to the show. I said I'm just playing, Miss Williams. Hey, hey, the email would be titled Uncle. <laughs> Uncle, would you, would you say what? What's your, what's your address? <laughs> I'm like, oh, oh man, Philly. But you, you know, man, let's get on some more stuff, man. Some more stuff going around in the in the world today, man. Um, I was trying to find the exact location this happened, but an announcer got caught with a hot mic. Now, I don't know if you, you guys know what a hot mic is, you know, in my, in my broadcasting, I do a lot of play-by-play and stuff like that. And, and one of the things that happens, you a lot of times you say stuff. You say stuff and you don't know that microphone is on. And, and you kind of say what's really and truly, truly on your mind, excuse me, really truly on your mind and truly in your heart. And that microphone will catch it. Well, I'm trying to find the exact quote this mug this mug said. Um, <laughs> I can't find I can't find the exact quote, but he said it basically he came down to it was a girls basketball team and they were kneeling doing their national anthem before before the um before the game. And then he came and said, These fucking these fucking niggas are kneeling, you know. And this is is in a mic, you know, hot mic, live live mic. He says this. And so just a couple of things, man, a couple of things. People wonder, you know, why these people are kneeling, you know, why black folk are kneeling before these games, protesting police brutality, protesting racism. He's a prime example, a prime example. You know, it's somebody, he was an assistant football coach or a football coach in the community who happened to be called in the game and they catch him showing his true feelings. Now, this is, this is what this guy, his, uh, his statement was. I, Matt Ryan on Thursday, March 11, 2021, most regrettably made some statements that cannot be taken back. During the Norman high school girls basketball game against Midwest city, 
I made inappropriate and racist comments, believing that the microphone was off. However, let me state immediately that this is no excuse. Such comments should have never been uttered. I am a family man. I am married. I have two children and at one time was a youth pastor. I continue to be a member of the Baptist church. I have not only embarrassed, embarrassed and disappointed myself, I have embarrassed and disappointed my family and friends. I will state that I suffer from type 1 diabetes, and during the game, my sugar was spiked. While not excusing my remarks, it is not unusual when my sugar spikes that I become disoriented and often say things that are not appropriate as well as hurtful. I do not believe that I would have made such horrible statements absent my sugar spike. Now, let's break down this. Bullshit. Let's let break down this, this bullshit, this man. <laughs> you know, sometimes the apology pisses me off more than the actual offense. You know, he, first he started off, he said, I made inappropriate and racial comments believing that the microphone was off. So, that's it. Say, yeah. That excuse. Well, yeah. So does that excuse your comments yeah. because you thought the microphone was off? Like, was off, yeah, I can say them long as the microphone off. That's what he's saying. If the microphone was off, I could have said. Yeah, y'all wouldn't even know what I said. Yeah, and then then he goes to throw in, "I am a family man. I am married with two children, and at one time was a youth pastor." That has oh, nothing all, to do with it. Why? Why does that matter? Well, no, like it, it actually shoots itself in the foot because that's all the reason why you should know better. Yeah, thank you. All the reason you should know better, man. And that's uh, that's what he teaches his congregation. Now, right. Sound like, sound like a resume for the Ku Klux Klan. That, that's Ooh, what it sounds like. Proud boys. That's what it sounds like. But then my favorite is he blamed it on the diabetes. <laughs> he blamed it on his diabetes. Man, that might explain why you be popping off all the time, Sly. Yeah, that might be it. You got a coke by you, uh, something sweet. I got undiagnosed. Di I need to talk to Wilf, Wilf, what's his name? Wilford Brindley, who used to do them diabetes commercials. <laughs> I might need to talk to him, man. But it ain't going my shit, man. So what he's saying is diabetes bring out his racism. His <laughs> racism is quail. And it's it's okay. He, it's calm. He keeps his racism tight until the diabetes act up and bring out his racism. That that's what that man saying. Right? That's trifling. That's trifling. I, I wonder if somebody reviewed his, his his comments before he actually put those out. Like like if somebody reviewed that and signed off on that, they, oh, he, oh, they need to be they need to be they need to be fired. It was live. He was, he was live on the mic. No, I'm talking about he talking about the apology. The apology, like oh, like man. you know, like if I'm writing something and I want to make that sure it sounds right, I'll, I'll toss it over to my wife. I say, okay, does this sound right? You know, they said, no, you shouldn't say that. You shouldn't say that. So I wonder, did anybody else review that he and like co-sign that? Like he rushed. That was a rush apology. I mean, he might. He might have said <laughs> so the pressure was on his head. He might send it to his wife, but she felt the same way. So she like, yeah, that's great. That's nice. right. That's <laughs> enough. <laughs> that's enough. My thing is the next. The next thing I wonder why he ain't come out and say, well, you know, I got black friends. Oh <laughs> boy, that's next. I talked to my black friends and they feel this way. You know, I wonder if, if that's what he did next. He said that he talked to his black friends. But <laughs> I don't know, man. I didn't know diabetes was a reason for racism. Spike's racism. So yeah, he act like it's a, like it's Tourette's or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tourette's can't do nothing with damn racism neither. <laughs> you racist, you racist, ain't got to do it. It's nothing with your goddamn mental state. I mean, your uh, physical state. It's your mental state. Man, you know, to me, to, to me, it's amazing. That, that's just amazing to me. But the good news is the team, Norman uh, High School, <clears throat> they actually did go on to win the state championship. You know, they, they made it through all of this and all of Some this. Of the girls. Yeah, the girls scene. They made, okay. This is Alabama, right? Oklahoma. That's Oklahoma. 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 No, I'm Oklahoma. Okay. So they did actually go on to win the state championship. So, you know, kudos 
to those young ladies to to pull through, you know, all the, you know, this is some negative light that they probably would have never got to their program. You know, this is some stuff they would have never seen. But yeah. um, but you That's know the experience they, they get to talk about the rest of their life. Exactly. He probably put that he probably put that better in their back for them to win the state championship. I hope he did, man. I, I hope I hope that he did. But uh you you gotta love it, man. And, and it happened during uh during Women's Month, so <laughs> national, national so, so even better, man. Even hey, what better. what what about the coach from um, Creighton, though? Um, oh yeah, this dude. Uh, <laughs> I don't have his exact quote, but he said, "You know, get off the plantation." No, no, no. You no. say you can't leave the plantation now. Yeah, don't don't, don't leave the plantation now. No. We need to rally together. In my- <laughs> My Take that kind and corn. My thing wow. is, man, with, with some of these white folk, man, you see the environment we're in. You see the world we're in. Everything is recorded. Everything is right. You have to be more careful. If you can't check your racism now, that is it's because it's truly in you. That's who you truly are, man. He right. could have made any other analogy during that. He could have said, don't jump ship. You know, don't lead the yard. Don't get out the bus. <laughs> Don't right. get out the bus. But he used the word plantation. Right. That, he know, tried, and that's that's supposed to motivate them. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, when the last time you seen the plantation, man? It, that's that's like old school, deep rooted stuff. Hey, you know? I, I drive I drive by two of them every day on the way to work. I'm about to say it's two of them. We're right here in South Carolina. I'm in Charleston, so I see them all the time. <laughs> <laughs> So they ain't gonna let us forget that. Boy. Hey, mm. hey, historical mm. site, Rose Hill mm. Plantation. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> Magnolia, Magnolia Plantation. Hey, I'm telling you, boy. Talking about, um, matter of fact, speaking of that, I was when I first moved down here, the job I had, white guy was trying to tell me, "Oh, you should go to Magnolia Plantation. They show you they treated their slaves so good." And I'm just sitting here looking at them like, "Who's saying they treated their slaves, slaves. so good?" <laughs> Like what in the hell about the terminology slave and good go hand in hand? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like you just put those two words hand in hand, and you really looking at me like I should appreciate them because they did treat their slaves good. Hey, you're a pretty big dude, but, so he was, he was thinking that you know, dang, this dude did he can take a lot of cotton. Yeah, he was in the field. <laughs> Jawan was in the house. He was in the field. Boy, I was in the- <laughs> And Jawan's in the house washing dishes. And hey, you better not leave. <laughs> they they think it's about me. It's amazing, man. They ain't gonna miss the good thing go for me. Come out. <laughs> amazing when they true colors come out. Do you know? You know the bad thing about racism is like, for the most part, you know, I, I ain't gonna say hundred percent of black people, but most of us just trying to get it, make it, make it, get a living. And intermingle with everybody, you know. I like I. I don't feel like I see a white person. I'm like, "What's up, brother?" You know, what I'm saying, "How you doing?" Blah blah blah. But it it ain't reciprocated the same way. <laughs> it's like, man, I'm I'm out here, you know. Everybody everybody's saying to me, but for some reason, they think because our skin darker that is that it's a difference or something. Yeah, but this is one of the things, man. I I don't think racism ever be totally out out it it's just the fact that it was ingrained and this is how the, it was the root of you know america right. and it, it's very hard to root that out and people whether they say they a lot of times they don't even realize they're they're racist and they are yeah. racist and so it, it it's, it's very hard to root that out and so um i just keep it moving you know so all right let me ask let me ask y'all real one quick question about this now now it is it's a lot of different levels to the racism thing too, you know. So, all right, you being a family man, like Juwan, you riding in the van, that little minivan with your kids and your wife, and you in the hood, and you stop at the gas station. <laughs> you go, you gonna feel some type of way when you go when you get out that car too. So I mean, it ain't it ain't just because they black. It could be some some Hispanic guy. It could it could be some white guy. It's just you know how they carry themselves. I think people kind of generalize, you know, black people being thuggish or whatever. But you can go all kind of different places, and people are, are cultured 
doing their thing, you know. But I think if you looked at it as, all right, this situation and and all this, that would be a different story. But they just kind of lump everybody into the same boat. But it's some places that all of us don't want to go at certain times of night, too. No, 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 because you already know what, what, what it is, right? So, yeah, no, I, I, I definitely agree with that. Um, but like you, you say, when you start lumping everybody together, yeah, that's, what that's where that's where the racism coming at because everybody is different and everybody is uh, individuals, and you should give everybody a, the benefit of the doubt or the chance. So, yeah, I, yeah. I think it's chance. chance. I think hold on, hold on, like I think that's more classism. What you talking about, chance? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. classism is you you going to a bad neighborhood. What makes it a bad neighborhood? Because they, they you know what I mean? Yeah. They yeah. ain't in the same class as you. That makes it a bad, bad neighborhood, but that's more of that did. Yeah. I agree. You, you, know, you know, it's funny, man, because I think a lot of it, I think racism is cured by getting to know somebody, by getting to know, know different people. You see these different studies. It was just one black guy. He was a, um, he was a, a jazz musician. I think he, he was a, I know he, he was some type of musician, but he's credited with getting like hundreds and hundreds of, of former Klansmen to give him their robes and, you know, turn over their, their Klan ways. But his thing oh, was- Oh, yeah, I know you're talking about, yeah, yeah. I saw that. But the, the way he did it was, you know, he, he went and actually talked to him. He talked to him, he got to know him, they got to know him, and they got to realize the stuff that they saw coming up was uh you know wasn't wasn't true of the stuff that they heard coming up and not even saw because I would be honest man I didn't know white people was poor until I went to Kentucky. I never <laughs> I never saw a white I never saw a poor white person until I went to Kentucky. And when I went to Kentucky, man, you talk man, some of them heels of Kentucky man, I had to drop a teammate off home. And it was interesting. I had to drop him off home win a break. Um and as I'm driving as I'm driving home as I'm driving him in these back these back roads or whatever to get home, it was getting close to getting dark, but it was still, you know, it's still dust. So I could see some of the dilapidated trailers, little single wise and lean, basically lean tubes that these motherfuckers were staying in. So I was like, damn, they they some poor ass white people out here. But it was so <laughs> it was so crazy that even though because I was driving my daddy car, my daddy had that uh almost about a two-year-old Grand Marquis. It was a 97 Grand Marquis, and it was like 98 or 99 or whatever. And, and so and so they, they, you know, I'm driving a nice a nice car, and these motherfuckers looking at me, they looking at me like, like I'm a piece of shit. I, you know, and I'm looking at, at they, the way they living. Like, bro, you, you, you know I'm a little bit better off than you. Hey, <laughs> hey who's the president who said if you, only thing you gotta do is get the, the poorest of the white to think they got more than the black. They always look down on them. Shit, probably all of them. Nah, it, it was like Roosevelt, somebody like that. It, it was somebody one back in the day. But that, but, but it is so true, and I and I realized that when I was driving through them back, them back hills of Kentucky, is I don't know, man. It, it, I just think it's 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 who you. If you associate with people, like I had, a, it was a, a white boy on our team named Matt. I forgot Matt's last name. Um, but where he was from, he was from a place called Corbin, Kentucky. And he literally told me he never saw a black person until his team, went, until his high school team went out of town to play an away game. And that was the only time he ever saw a black person. And, you know, he said, you know, he told me like, uh, his senior year, he said it was funny. They had this big plan of factory wherever they were at, and the factory transferred in a black family. And the guy who was the head of the plant, the highest up in the fucking plant, was was the black guy. That's who they transferred, and he's the uh, only black person in time. Sound like me? It, well, yep, sound about like you. <laughs> you went to Arkansas. Damn, damn, really sound just like you when you went to Arkansas. But at least you had one or two black people. <laughs> according to Matt, they had no, he was the only black guy. And he was the head of the plant. So, you know, and everybody in the little town worked in the plant. Well, not everybody, but, you know, most of the people, right? <laughs> yeah. So, 
you know, they could be racist, but they can only be racist to a certain extent. Yeah. So I, I just, I'm like, wow, man, imagine living a life, you know, where you don't see any black people. Yeah, so man, I can, I can imagine not seeing white people. Yeah. I, I can attest to that, man. You know, like I said, I lived in a rural town in Arkansas for about seven years, and it's some really good people there, man. Don't get me wrong, but they just don't know. They don't, they don't know. They, I mean, only time they leave Arkansas is, you know, to go to Branson, Missouri or Destin, Florida. Other than that, they in Arkansas all the time. And they don't, they don't really know no that like like you was talking about your friends or people that you deal with. That's all they that's all they that's all they know. So it's like, can I can I really be mad at them or can I just try to educate them? You know, it's just educate. It's just that you know you gotta you gotta let them know what your culture is and know that everybody ain't bad, you know. And it, and it, but but and I've seen some folks that just like you know, hey, I got a black friend, so I'm good, you know. Check me off that racist list, you know. What I'm <laughs> right. Yeah, but I, I think what you're saying, Chance, is is, is a good point. Like, uh, I, I I think like I could tell at work. Uh, with white guys I work with, if they ever really had experience being around black black guys, right? Because mm-hmm. they feel uncomfortable and like we can't have even just a general conversation. It's only about work. If it's not about work, you know, we can't even have a good a, a just regular conversation. So, but I, I think it's like you say, it's taking the time to get to know people, mm-hmm. no matter what the color of their skin, no matter the nationality, um, to get to know the person for the person because everybody is is different. If you never get to know. I understand like certain things you might not know and that might cause you to be reserved or cause you to be scared, but ask questions. You know, I'm not going to get offended. You ask questions, you reach out and we have a conversation. So you, you they got to ask the right question. You know, Tom said, Tom said something a couple of minutes ago. He was like, uh, you know, we were talking about, I was talking about how some white folk, they've never seen a black person, never interact with a black person. And Tom said, well, some black people too. Well, my thing, I want to disagree with Tom on that because there is not one black person in the United States who doesn't have to deal with a white person in go, some go, go Go to Pahokee, Florida, or Bell Glade. Hey, but see, even so- I'm trying to tell you, dog. Got TV, TV. Well, the white people got TV, that, no, that's nothing. I'm talking I'm about, they don't talk, have to deal I'm not talking about TV. I'm not talking about TV. The owner of the corporation and their jobs they work for. Hey, and check this out. The the police force, Pahokee, Florida got white cops. You know what I'm saying? The goddamn dude who owned the gas station, white guy. You think so? Well, I know Bellglade ain't. I've been there. Well, they, they got a they got a white they got a white cop. I guarantee you the sheriff white. No, I'm back. Go, go, go research. Go ahead. I guarantee, <laughs> I guarantee you, Sheriff White, they, you know what I'm saying? You know, it, it is not one black person in America who can say they don't have to deal with sometimes. They go to school. One of them teachers at the school, right? You know what I'm saying? It ain't, it ain't no black person in America who can say, I don't deal with any white people. It, it's impossible. But there are plenty of white people in America who can say, I don't deal with no black people. They plenty of places. You can go to North Dakota, you know, go to Wyoming. Ain't nobody but Kanye West out there in Wyoming. <laughs> he he bring his choir home. Ain't no more black people in, in Wyoming. You know, so I, I think I think it's, it, the burden is on the white folk to kind of reach hey, out. Emory Payne is the, is the sheriff of um, Bell Glade. He black. I'll just let you know. Yeah, okay, he a black. Okay, <laughs> I'm, just saying, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. You say he won't, won't be one. Look at yeah, see, yeah. look at see how many white shares he got working for. I'm about to go ahead. And I will say this though: social media, and as much as we talk about the young, younger generation, the younger generation gonna make a change, man. They, they ain't going. They, um, I mean, even the white, the white people, you know, they, they're starting to see stuff that's going on, and and starting to try to make a change themselves. So I think I think it's gonna to continue to get better. And you know, I guess the big thing is that, you know, a lot of the white people think that it's already better. But it's it's what been what 50, 60 years, what since when when the Martin Luther King died, what year? 60, 
68. So you think you take that what? 50 years ago? Yeah. Something like that. I mean, that wasn't that long ago, man. It's it's plenty of people that have been alive and still alive right now that done went through that stuff, man. So I mean, people like, ah, you know, all this slavery, racism, no, nah, that stuff that was a long time ago. Really wasn't that long ago, man. It wasn't that long at all, man. And I mean, you can go do, you know, trying to buy a house, trying to get a loan, trying to do whatever. People have got sued, like companies got sued because, you know, you click that black box on your on your application and you don't get the same opportunities that other people get, you know what I mean? So, I mean, we just got, people just got to open their eyes up and see that this stuff's still going on. That's why, that's why when I go and take my vaccine shot, I'm going to go to the white side of town. <laughs> that's what I'm saying, too. Hey, I'm going to the, I'm going to the white house. I mean, I, hey, I, just, I, feel, I, feel, I feel everybody opinion, you know what I'm saying? I'm with it. I definitely understand it, but, man, I hate to say it, man. I guess I look at it from a different perspective. I just look at it like this. If we did it first instead of them, we would treat them exactly the same. I just, I just don't think it would be anybody different. The Mexicans would have did it. They would have treated all us the same. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just don't feel like if any other group would have done it, things would be that much different. I don't feel like nobody would have opened the doors and allowed, you know, allowed the, the secondary race or whatever, you know what I'm saying, to become equal as they are because they created this. You know what I'm saying? They created this, you know, this, this country that we live in. They created, you know, these opportunities they give, you know, because basically, Every time we take a step forward, they allowing us to take a step forward. Like, I don't care what nobody say. We can protest, send stuff through Congress, whatever the case may be. It's somebody at the head, like, okay, well, we'll give them that. We get that one little step forward. It's according to who it is. It's according to who it is. Because, I mean, I'm in a position at my job right now where I hire people. And I'm not, I don't care if they black, white, purple, green, whatever. If they the best person for that position, that's who I'm gonna choose. I, I'm not like, oh, let me make sure I get a black dude in this spot. I mean, I, I mean at, it's a certain percentage of times that, you know, the black person is the best person, but I'm not picking them just because they're black. I'm, I'm one, I want the best candidate for the job. I mean, and I know that it hadn't been that way through history because, you know, first they gonna take care of their family. So they got a son, a daughter that can, you know, take their position. That's what you're gonna do. And we would do the same thing in that instance. But as far as just hooking somebody up who you know ain't gonna get the job done, you know what I'm saying? I don't think that's gonna happen. I think you're gonna pick somebody who you know can get the job done because that's your butt on the line too. You bring up a good point, man. Y'all bring up some good points, but here go the thing, man. We can have this conversation and this conversation can go on all night, but we're running out of time here on the RIP 28 podcast, man. I just want to shout out to people, man. Y'all got any final shout outs y'all want to give, man? In any, any final, you know what though, before, before we do the final shout out, before we do the final shout outs, we have to let the people know how they can get in touch with us, how they can follow us, man. We are all over, man. We're on Twitter, Facebook, uh, Apple podcast, iTunes, uh, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor, SoundCloud, PodBay, iHeartRadio, wherever you get your podcast are. YouTube, wherever you get your podcast, wherever you listen to your podcast. We own it. We are on it. We own it, man. I want to make sure, man, when not only when you listen, make sure you hit the like, make sure you subscribe to our podcast, make sure you like it, and make sure you subscribe it. Because I'm going to be honest, man. If you don't like and you don't subscribe each of these episodes, man, your parents probably didn't raise you right. Man. That's, Something that's wrong with you. Something wrong with Something you. Something wrong with you, man. You might have rolled that short. They dropped you in the head. They dropped them on the head. <laughs> might have, man. That, that's what might have happened, man. Chance, man. You got anything to say before we get out of here? I just love everybody, man. Hey, this, this life too short to be stressed out hating on folks, doing all that stuff, man. Just live your best life. Love everybody. Treat everybody good. What They say, what you do unto others, come back to you. So, man, do do people right, man, and, and you'll be blessed for it. Just do that. 
G5 Monster, man. What you got to say, man, before we get out of here? Oh, man. Y'all still, man. Everybody, you know what I'm saying? Stay on point. Check, check and see. When y'all going to get them COVID shots, check and see the brand you get. Don't bother with that Johnson & Johnson. It's got a low percentage, man. Don't bother with that Johnson & Johnson. But, uh, got that shampoo. Other than that, man. <laughs> y'all stay focused. Dr. J, Dr. J, man, what you got to say? For all the diabetics out there, stay on your metformin. We can't deal with these racist comments, man. And, 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 and then you pop it off making excuses. Just, just, just be quiet. Just, just if you ain't got nothing to say, don't say anything at all. That's what I'm to tell you. Nobody needs to receive a two piece in the biscuit. <laughs> <laughs> coach Bennett, man, what you got, coach? Hey, man, pretty much. I'm just gonna say, don't be a B A N, a band. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, keep it up, keep it up, fellas, man. I appreciate being on. I'm gonna be the new hashtag, man. Man, man. <laughs> hey, man. This has been the Rip Twenty Eight Podcast, man. We're a podcast where a few friends can get together and we can talk about a few things. Now, some of those things you might like, some of those things you might not like, but we're gonna keep on talking about them. Here on the Rip 28 podcast. Y'all be good. I want to be free. Yeah, pay for that. <laughs> they in the goat. They in the goat. That's that Snoop Dogg. I got these guys like Austin, so I like to see so much of me and these people that killing me really don't got some lame actors on the bond.